Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast in which I'm joined by Chris Ward, who is a team building and systems strategist. Uh, She's an author, coach, speaker, and fellow podcaster as well, which, as you know, listeners, that always makes me slightly nervous when I have a, a fellow podcaster on here. Welcome to today's podcast, Chris. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Simon. Thank you for having me. Now, it says here that you're creating a movement where your business supports your life instead of consuming it. And obviously, you're the founder of the win the hour, win the day philosophy. Is that, that, have I got that right? You have, sir. You got 100%. Now, I'm I'm going to share this next bit of your bio because it's very personal and very poignant to the, probably to what we're going to talk about today. But it says here, After the loss of her husband, Chris returned full-time to her work as a marketing strategist. She was relieved that her business had not only survived in her absence, but was growing. And now Chris has completely changed the landscape for entrepreneurs by sharing the successful practices that allowed her absence. You've shared the stage with Jack Canfield, one of my favourite books, Chicken Soup for the Soul. So on my bookshelf behind me. Kevin Harrington, uh, original shark from the Shark Tank. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce uh, the next one. Uh, James, ABC Secret Millionaire. Sharon Letcher, Rich Dad, Poor Dad co-author. And Joe, I think is it Tiesman, NFL All-Star and commentator to name but a few. And you've also been featured on award-winning podcasts, radio and TV shows as well. Uh, As I mentioned... You are an acclaimed podcaster and listeners, you can hear Chris on her home podcast, which is Win the Hour, Win the Day, where she has an engaging set of conversations with dynamic guests covering a variety of business topics so you can get to your next win now. Uh, Out of the sharing the stage, Chris, with Jack Canfield, uh, Kevin Harrington, which one's your favourite? Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> you know what? I'm not, it's not a cop-out, but I just learned something from everybody, really, truly. Yeah. How they deliver their message. It's the story. It's the journey of their message. So it's just, you know, whoever is in front of me at the moment, I, I find anybody that has a series of success in their life really fascinating. Right up until, like, I'm a big old Rocky fan. Like, I just, I think yeah. it's fantastic, you know, that whole journey of one little decision makes another really dis- a decision to a success. And uh, I, the reason I asked the question is somebody asked me that question not too long ago about guests on the podcast. Uh, and I said, well, if you're going to ask me what my favorite is, because of my memory and remembering names and going back, I'm going to say the last one. Yeah. The last guest was my favourite. So we we had a little bit of an exchange of messages before we started this podcast about your your coffee drinking or lack of it. Uh, and you can tell us a little bit more about that. But I can see you sipping uh, a drink there. And because I know you're not going to be drinking coffee today, neither am I. 
So listeners, this is a bit of a cop out for both of us because I've been talking all day and I've got some lemon and honey to keep the voice going and keep the throat in good condition. So tell us, Chris, a little bit about what you're sipping there. But more importantly, tell us a little bit of the backstory of the coffee. Well, I'm just uh, boring old lemon water is what I'm sipping. And here's the thing. Not being a coffee drinker, I just don't enjoy the taste. Uh, I do try to be healthy, but that's not why I don't drink coffee. I just don't enjoy the taste. And funny enough, my very first job was at a very big coffee franchise here in Canada. So I worked at Tim Hortons, which was a very big deal. And uh, not drinking coffee has really been a liability because people are always like, you know, or I've even been on job, uh, you know, working with a client on location where I don't see them very often and they would show up with a coffee for me and I think oh my gosh I don't want to say oh I don't drink coffee and I'm probably not going to see them again like we do our most of our work virtually so there's times where I just walk around holding the coffee trying to look like a grown-up so so, <laughs> so it's almost like something I have to cover up sometimes it's like oh and with you I was like oh no do I tell them do I tell them my secret am I going to be allowed on the show I'm going to drink coffee so it's uh, it's always something I have to get around. Yeah, but I'm sure all of us uh, listening to, to that story can associate at some point where somebody has purchased a drink. And I've, I went skiing once and this guy was so precious about this favorite drink that he'd seen in this bar. And he went out to the bar and he bought us all of it. It must have cost him like $100-ish for the round of drinks. And... I sat there and I thought, I hate this. And I, I knew I hated it when he purchased it, but I just didn't tell him. And I yeah. sat there, like you said, for about an hour, holding this glass of this, what to me was a revolting drink. And he, I could see him keep looking thinking, he's not drinking that very fast. He's not sipping it very much. And eventually I had to come clean and say, look, you know, and he said, well, why don't you say, give it somebody else? You know, please don't throw it away. Just give it somebody else. Yeah, see, that's where I would be looking for a plant to water. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd probably have done that if I hadn't thought that the plant was probably going to die by the alcohol yeah. that was in this drink. So what what is your favorite drink when you're not drinking coffee? What What is it that's your favorite drink? Yeah, I'm so sorry. It's water. I drink a lot of water. I drink okay. water all day long. That's it. Plain water. water. You said you got some lemon water. Do you like just to put a little bit of something with it? Yeah, if I'm living wild, I put some lemon in it, but I drink a lot of water. I mean, if I was going to have a cookie, I might have some almond milk to go with that. But mostly, 90% of the time, I drink water. The, the problem I find, Chris, uh, I, I did a detox some, some weeks, some go. And the problem I had, I was drinking a lot of water as well. And I bought one of these big water containers to make sure I was getting my full two or three liters or a gallon of water uh, a day. And the problem I find is that when I'm doing things like this, I'm suddenly sat here and I think, oh, I really need to go and pee. Because the problem with drinking a lot of water, yes. particularly at my age, it tends to go through a lot quicker than what it used to as well. Well, the podcast is now taking a turn that I'm not usually on. But, <laughs> yes. it, um, but it's good for your organs. It's really healthy. It does. But I, do know, I remember many years ago, my mother quit smoking. And I'm telling you, she was not a particularly warm person when she quit smoking. And one day she got cranky at me and she said, I don't understand you. You don't smoke. You don't drink coffee. What the heck do you get out of bed for in the morning? Right? So, yeah. So people, uh, yeah, I just like water. But yes, you have to be strategic about your bathroom uh, breaks. But yep. yes, body likes water. It helps concentration. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And of course, the thing I find, and I don't know if you find the same, but it's so good for the thinking. 
it clears the brain, it clears the thoughts, and not only is it good for the for the digestive system, etc., and, and everything else, it's really good at keeping, along with oxygen, keeping the brain fresh as well. So that's good. Yeah, water does the body good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the the return to your business. Yeah, you know, and, and obviously, eyeing all the listeners, you know, sorry to hear about your sad loss. But going back to the business and finding that it had grown without you, that would scare some people. Uh, tell oh, us a little bit about that and, and what did you learn from that? What did you take away from that experience? Well, you know, it started before that. When I started my business you know, 12 plus years ago, the first two years, I worked insane hours. Like it, I was exhausted all the time. And my husband said, you're constantly stealing from sleep, getting up earlier and earlier, staying later and later. And I was gently told about the two-year mark that I was starting to lose some of my charm, right? Because I had gone so long without sleep. Yeah. So I realized the people that were cheering me on the most were the ones I was becoming short with because I was just exhausted all the time. So I thought, this cannot be. Like, I can't be doing this, right? So I, you know, I just reevaluated everything and I went from working 16 hours a day down to six. Now, that didn't happen overnight. That's a whole sure. story on its own. But nonetheless, that was the attack I took. And luckily I did because it was a couple of years after that that my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer and I was pulled away from the business. Yeah. And when I returned after his passing, my existing clients had no idea of my absence. Uh, we did not make it public. The local business community did not know. It was not how we navigated his journey. We were very positive in nature. And when I returned... You know, that would not have been the time for me to be whipping up a resume, try to be charming in a job interview and learn a new job. So when I returned to my business, my existing clients said, like, how could we have not known your way? And if you could do that, maybe you could help me get to my kids' soccer game and I could stop working evenings and weekends. Because 89% of small business owners and entrepreneurs work evenings and weekends after a yeah. full week, right? Yeah. We know that. Right? Yeah. You may think, so many of you out there think you're the only one, but you're not. And that's the thing. The clients I work with have been in business at least five, ten years, and they look good on paper. They may have a podcast, they may have a book, they, they look good on paper, but they're still putting in so many hours, way more than they thought they would be at this point in, in their journey. Yeah. And so, you know, then I started working with these people under the capacity of, hey, your business should support your life instead of consuming it. And then I thought, okay, how do I reach more people? Because they're, they're isolated. Nobody knows because they look good on paper, but they're the last ones to bed, first thing, you know, first one's up in their house, getting, trying to get ahead of emails, etc. And that's why I wrote my book, Win the Hour, Win the Day, and then it snowballed from there. We have different levels of coaching and the winter circle and things like that. So from a point of view of the recent times uh, what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've been working on within that business and tell us a little bit you're giving us an insight there to the business but just give us a little bit more about the business and what you've been working on recently yeah so a couple of things i mean the big thing that we're working you know the big thing i want people to understand is this when you have a small business or you're an entrepreneur what you want to understand is it's about getting your ideas to execution that's the name of the game. It's, you know, we all get trapped in the web of admin, but you want to be constantly getting your ideas to execution. 
When you work with us in the winter circle, we, you know, most of my clients will tell us that they get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. That's fantastic. But really what I want people to understand is when you buy into our philosophy, which we call the win formula, 60% execution, 40% admin, because the whole idea of an entrepreneur is to get your ideas to execution. That's it. Self-employed. Yeah. Running around doing busy work, right? So you've mentioned the winning circle. What do you mean by circle? I'm intrigued because you know my, my group program is called the success circle. So I love the word circle. And it comes from my initial, very initial logo, which was a crown, which is now a group of people holding hands in a circle. What what does circle mean to you and to, and to your business model? Well, I think you're much more deep and profound than I am because I didn't give it that much thought. So I, I, I could say something profound right now and say most entrepreneurs are running around in circles. But yeah. I think, you know, like when you said, what are you working on right now? Like we're leaning heavily into the winner's circle because we used to do more one-to-one or one-to-few coaching. Now we want to really have a bigger impact. So the winner's circle will allow more people to join at a lower price point but get their ideas to execution. And, and that is really the big thing too, is that what I want your listeners to hear, what you guys should really understand is so many times in business, and this is really important, so pay attention to this. So many times in business, you think, well, once I get past that next thing, things will be different. Once I get past this next thing, and I encourage you to ask yourself, how many years have you been saying that, mm-hmm. right? That's the game changer. So. For me, the winner's circle is just an opportunity for people to have access to us and that they can really get a grasp of, you know, your business may be unique, but it's not special and you have more in common with all the other businesses than you realize. And it's really about always compressing what you're working on so you have the bandwidth to get to your next idea. Yeah. So you've mentioned win the hour, win the day. And mm-hmm. I assume there's a, a book or a publication or something that people can get their hands on to accompany that. I can see it on the bookshelf slightly behind you. Listeners, you can't see that, but I can. So tell us a little bit about the the concept of win the hour. Yeah, that's a great question, Simon. So, so many times as entrepreneurs, and I did this for many years, I would dive into the work day with my to-do list in hand and think, I'm just going to go outrun the clock. That was my ambition. I'm what I call a recovering Russiaholic. Yep. And what we have is this big clump of work that we would just dive in and attack and you know use sweat instead of strategy to get stuff done. But what happens is you really need to break that down into smaller components. And that's what when the hour, when the day is about, is what are you doing with this hour really depends on what you're going to accomplish with this day, this month, this year. So we're not talking about one hour at the beginning of the day. We're talking about breaking the day into hours to get things done. Is, is that what I heard right there? Yeah. So here's the thing. Sometimes I can be under the category of productivity. My issue with productivity is everyone's looking for a productivity hack. And I would yeah. argue that if you had the systems and processes in play, like our super toolkit or our win team, which is a what is next team so you can get to what is next, yeah. you wouldn't be looking for a productivity hack. Like somebody who is an athlete is not looking for fitness or diet hacks because they have the infrastructure in play right. that gives them optimum results. Yeah. So that's you know what I want people to understand is when you're running around looking for productivity hacks, it's because you don't have the infrastructure in play. 
Yeah. And it's interesting what you said there about the athletes, because as you were saying that, I thought yeah, there are athletes that are looking for the hack. And they're the ones that get excluded for competitions for substance abuse and things like that, because they're looking for the shortcut, aren't they? They're not looking for the the exercise regime or to find a different way of getting better. They're just looking for that quick hack to get to the top. And it's exactly the same with business. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So so where can people go to find out more about you, to grab a copy of the book? Just tell the listeners how they can connect with you a little bit better. Yeah, you can find me anywhere on all the socials and tell me that you heard me on this fantastic podcast and we'll become fast friends. Yep. And um, yeah, or, you know, for your listeners, I got something free gift, G-I-F-T from Chris, K-R-I-S dot com, free gift from Chris dot com. And if you check out there, we've got some special goodies that won't be there long, something that we still charge for, like the free audio version of my book. Yep. So you want to act on that really quickly. And uh, yeah, you can check that out. Great. And I'm glad you said audio version. So although I've got a bookshelf with lots of books behind me, audio is my thing. And I've just noticed my Audible credit has dropped today and I can't wait to go and spend my Audible credit. So uh, so that's great. You have a very dynamically exciting life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just, so glad you fit me in. I'm just waiting for that credit to drop. No, so I, I, Things like that excite me as well. Yeah. So if, if you could give the listeners something to take away from, from this podcast, something of value, something that they can do something with, what would you, and of course you can give more than one thing away if you want, what would be something that you want the listeners to take from today's podcast? Okay, so there's a couple things, and let me give you two or three things quickly. So what I would say is, first and foremost, I want you to understand this. If hard work was the answer, you'd be exactly where you wanted to be by now. So this idea of grinding it out and all that, what you're doing is you're exchanging sweat versus strategy. And there is a different way. I promise you there's a different way. And it, it, hard work is not the answer, right? Yep. Reed Hoffman on LinkedIn says it's never the answer. So number one, you have to understand that. Number two, I would say really think of your calendar as your time bank account. And so many times what happens is you take a look at your calendar, you just write outside appointments down and you don't put your own work there. So you actually just try to outrun the clock. And I know I did this for years. And what would happen is I would think, oh my gosh, you know what, I can just go faster and faster. But the big thing is, and this is super important, so many of my clients would previously say, oh Chris, I do that every day, I don't need to remember it, it's not on my calendar. And then what would happen is, you know, they would go into their work day thinking that they had eight hours, but they may only have six. Because think about it like this, Simon. If you have a car payment that's coming out every month, you don't say I don't count that because it comes out every month. That money is gone. Yeah. And the time is gone on your calendar and you're just not articulating that. You're just trying to outrun it. And to that point, something that you guys can do right away tomorrow is I would tell you the first hour of the day, really listen carefully. The first hour of the day is when you are the freshest. And so what you want to do is the work that requires the most attention or focus that first hour. Because as the day moves on, you're burdened with decision fatigue and attention residue. So any projects that you want, any ambitions you have for your business, do that the first hour and do your emails a little bit later because, again, that takes your brain in a whole bunch of different directions and really wears down your battery. So what would you say, Chris, to those people listening to this where they say, 
yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but for me, I'm I'm more of an end of the day person. You know, and I hear that a lot from people where, you know, I, I prefer working late into the evening because I get more done and more productive. What would you say to those people listening that would answer that? Well, when someone says to me, I'm far more productive at the end of the day, uh, I, you know what, science has a lot of proof, a lot of studies that argue that. And I know I had my own argument that I thought somehow, even though there's these fantastic studies done at Stanford and Harvard, I thought because I cared so much about my business that somehow my brain was exempt from all this scientific research. So you don't understand, I care so much that I am outside the biology science that you have proven. So there's that thing. I would also push back on somebody that says, oh, I'm more productive at the end of the day. I think that's fear-based. What happens is they think, okay, I got through all the important stuff today. I've got put out a few fires. I've answered the email. They're coming from a fear-based position. The, now they realize people are going to less likely call them at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. So they feel some tranquility and peace to get more work done. But that's survival mode. That's not strategy. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. And for me, when I hear people say, and I've, I've been there myself and said, oh, yeah, I, I work much better at the end of the day. But the reason I work much better at the end of the day is that I managed to filter out the chaos around me better at the end of the day. Yes. Usually I'm in a different workplace. You know, I haven't got the phone ringing. Nobody's pinging emails up at me. Nobody's sending me LinkedIn messages and things. It's purely because there is less interruption. So that's why I'm actually more productive. But I'm actually less productive, as you quite rightly say, because my body isn't at its best. So I could be so much more productive if I did that at the beginning of the day. And here's the thing, Simon. So many people do this. If someone tells me that they're putting in about 40, 50 hours as a small business owner, I would argue that's probably 65 or 70 because so many times you're doing work that you don't even count as work. You're like, well, no, yeah. because I have to learn this technology thing. So I went in on Sunday for a few yeah. hours. Oh, now that's emails. I do that. I do that at night to get me ahead for the next morning. That doesn't count. So you're putting in all these crazy hours that you're not even counting as work. Yeah. And the other thing I would add to that is think about it like this side. If you say, Chris, Chris, I want to, I, let me, let's do some simple math. Chris, I'm making 10,000 a month and I'm working about 55, 60 hours a week, but I really want to get to 25K a month. So do you think if you're working 55, 60 hours a week, you're making 10K, do you think when you get to 25K that you're going to work less hours? Unless something changes, that math is really not serving you. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I took on a coach in my very, very first business very, very early on. And my, my bank sent me on a retreat, a four-day retreat. And I went to this retreat and I was the, the new business owner around the table all the other people had been in business quite a while and they just moved to this bank and i sat there i just left a really good job and i sat around there this this table of people business owners in all of these people that had businesses 10 15 years yeah. and they all told me how many hours they worked some of them were 100 hours a week they took no vacations generally they were the last ones to get paid uh, and I sat there and I thought, I've just given up a really, really good job for this. Yeah. Sorry, but I can't do this. I love my holidays. I love my balance of life. Why would I go from a really good job to be an entrepreneur and just wear the badge 
And they all justify it when I asked them. They all said, yeah, but we could do something differently if we wanted to. That's why we do it. That's why we have our own business. Because we've got a choice. We do it because we want to do it. And I sat there and thought, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to sacrifice your time and your life in the hope that one day you're going to get some business that you can realise success from? Why would you Why would you do that? But these people sit there and, as you say, hard work, if they want more success, they just think they've got to work harder. And I love that quote you, you gave me at the beginning, you know, about, you know, if hard work was the answer, how come it's not got you there now? And I think that, for me, is a great takeaway from today that all the listeners should take away because, you know, those people sat around that table not only were working harder, but actually, as they worked harder, they received less. A hundred percent. And you know what? You The freedom to what? The freedom to work insane hours. Because I remember one night working to two o'clock in the morning and I realized, oh my gosh, there are laws in the land to protect me from this. If I had a real <laughs> job, which would not be allowed. Yeah. So the freedom was to run myself into the ground. And I do not believe that you have to make these painful sacrifices to your health, to your family, to your life to fulfill a dream of having your own business. That's yeah. just not the only option. Yeah. But but why do governments do that? I mean, you know, here in the UK, we have you know working time directives that say how many hours you can work, etc. But business owners and CEOs and directors are exempt. So it's almost like saying, oh, we expect you to work those all those hard out long hours. And OK, sometimes you do need to step up. But if I take a step up, then I take a day off. It's as simple as that, you know, in, in compensation for it. You know, what is it about the culture that we seem to have, Chris, do you think? And, and how can we encourage people to break that cycle and that culture that you know, we know so many of the listeners are going to be in? Yeah, well, that's my mission. Because, listen, I remember saying to my mom one day, this is insanity. Who thought one of the lessons I would have to learn in life is not to be such a hard worker? There is no bigger compliment all your life. Oh, she's a hard worker. Oh, she gets it done. She's a hard worker, right? So it was such a mind shift when I had to sort of push back that that's not something I want to be. And in fact, when you're around really successful people, and by that definition, I mean people, you know, with freedom in their their income and freedom in their lifestyle, because you get a lot of money and be, as you know, choked by the business, right? Those two yeah. things do not go together. But what happens when you're around those type of people, you actually look like a rookie when you're, you know, tied to your business. You look foolish and you look exhausted and, you know, it's, it's got you got kind of by the throat. So the reality is, Freedom of lifestyle means you have a successful business and you do have to ignore that constant push you see online where there is bravado in grind, grinding it out. Yeah, and I think it's not just online, is it? You know, We're surrounded by our friends and our family, as you say, that believe success is measured by how hard we work. I've got one, one final question before we go on to, to my sort of final question on the list because I think you've touched on something quite important here. There are people who, and, I, and I've been there, where I've been away for a month, I've come back, and the business is better than when I left it. And business owners sometimes can start to sabotage the business when they see that, because they start to lose significance in the business, don't they? And sometimes, you know, I know I've got clients who, like you said, that you know, have this dream of you know, being able to take a Friday off to go fishing and and when they do that, they start to feel 
that there's a vacuum that they need to fill and they pull other stuff in and very often they can sabotage the people in the business because they want to be significant they want to fill that vacuum what would you say to those people that have this gap that now they feel awkward about trying to fill it well i w wouldn't say much because i'm not that's not my job i'm not here to convince anybody but what i will tell you is i do know with my clients in the window circle often what will happen is they're used to working so many hours and when yeah. they start pulling way back and they start like you know one of my clients just told me yesterday she said her hours have cut in half and her income has gone way up right but what you do have to be mindful of is this when you're working so many hours and then you start using your win team and you're doing all these things with systems and process like the super toolkit, you get amazing results and you're leaving work at three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly you think, oh my gosh, well, if I feel so good and I got so much done, maybe I should stay a little bit later. Like there yeah. is this whole idea. If I'm not running around like a crazy person, maybe I'm just being lazy or maybe I'm working half time. So we do confuse fatigue with hard work. And again, think of something like an Olympic athlete. They, they can't just go crazy training even though the Olympics are around the corner. It's about rest and health and all this other stuff. Okay, yeah. And that's the same thing with your business. Treat yourself like a business athlete. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know, uh, I think it's Basecamp do this where they do a, an eight-week cycle and they yeah. do so many weeks going up the hill doing the work, so many weeks coming down doing the implementing and then they take two weeks off. So they do six weeks six weeks of work up and down the hill and then a two-week yeah. recovery. You need that yeah. recovery. But you need to plan what you do with that recovery, don't you? If you if you don't plan it and you just fall into it, you will fill it with something else. So definitely listen, I would say do that. Yeah, that's what I call snow banking. Like instead of getting snow, you're putting it on one side and then on the other when you're shoveling snow. I don't, you know, hello, I'm Canadian. We're going to talk about snow. Yeah, yeah. But what I would say is that's people sometimes, small business owners sometimes think they're going on vacation, but what they're doing is snow banking and they do a whole bunch of work before and a whole bunch of work after. And then they're like a little addict hiding in the closet and we're trying to get ahead of emails so their friends or family don't see them. And all they're doing is answering emails from a different location and it's not really a vacation. And yeah. we want that to be, we just, that's just not, that's not a vacation. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So thinking about your your next sip of, of water, um, lemon added because it's a bit special. If you were to sit and, and have that next drink with your, your favorite book, what would be a book that you'd recommend that perhaps we take a look at or would be your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. Um... I love, you know, they're all business books. I yeah. have a special place in my heart for Three Feet from Gold um, from Greg okay. Reed. That was really good. Um, I just read I've, ne I've never read that one, Three Feet from oh, Gold. That was really good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I wish I had my iPad here. Um, oh, Daniel Priestley was just on my podcast. And, I oh, I forget the name of his book, but it's something like 25. It starts with 25 or something like that. He's got a really great book. Just read it. I'm sorry. Yeah. One, one of his favorites is oversubscribed. I love oversubscribed. Yes, yes, yes. So there's that. Yeah. Um, and I think E-Myth, I mean, I think that's a very basic, uh, you know, very basic formula. But I think once you read that, it just reminds, it sticks in your head forever. Yeah. So that's a, a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll share one quick thing with you because uh, I'm conscious we're coming to the end of our time. But I, the, my reason for doing this podcast is to get my favorite hero authors onto this podcast to get oh, them talking. Perfect. And I've got a top 10 list, 
and Daniel Priestley is on my top 10. You know, we're connected oh. on LinkedIn. So any introduction you can do, Daniel Priestley, would be really appreciated. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's always good. Um, so I think, Chris, you've given us so much to, to take away, um, so much about the fact that, you know, our business sh should support our life, not consume it. Uh, and I love the, yeah, the fact that if hard work was the answer, how, how come it's not got you here right now? I think that is a great thing. And I think every listener should just stop after this and just ask that question. Yeah, I'm working all these hours. I'm working so hard. If that was the answer, why why am I not there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're giving us some great, great tips and uh, three, three feet from gold as well. That's a good book I'm going to read. So uh, thank you very much for that. And thank you for the time. And thank you for being such a great guest on the podcast. Oh, thank you for trusting with your audience. And there's no bigger gift you can give somebody than your time. So thank you for yours. No, absolutely appreciate it. And listeners, the most important thing is leave us a review. Tell us what you've done with what Chris has shared and you know, share any stories that you've got of the difference it's made. And I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.